Hey, 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 ringers. Guess who's back? Uh, Dan's back here. Um, I was just listening to this episode that uh, Danielle did with Bron the Flower Guy, uh, and I got to edit it, and I also wanted to do the introduction for this episode because I'm I'm still on paternity leave, technically, um, but I'm back. I'm doing some of the editing for the podcast, and... Um, and we're going to start hopping into things really quick here in 2020. Uh, Danielle and I have some some good topics that we're excited to dive into. Um, it's been a crazy couple of months with babies and, and figuring out the new normal and all that kind of stuff. But um, life is very good. Um, I'm very fortunate and very blessed. Um, and just excited to be back and, and sharing some things I've learned along the way, especially last year, um, kind of being a dadrepreneur. Uh, I don't know if that's a, a word. I definitely think it's a hashtag, but it, I'm making it a word now. Um, and and dealing with uh, family stuff and running a business and um, and just some more things that I really learned about weddings uh, as, in a crazy October that I had this past year. Um, so uh, thank you so much for all the support. I listened to all the episodes, and Danielle uh, kept kept me uh, hopefully in your minds as she kept uh, talking about me over uh, over some of the episodes over this past year um, and while I was on break. So um, this episode is an amazing episode. Um, we touched on a couple things that uh, that we have never actually uh, talked about uh, with Bron. Um, so Bron is the flower guy. If you go to Instagram, it's the flower guy, Bron, B-R-O-N. Um, he's amazing. He's got, um, a couple different brands. He serves like luxurious clients. He serves, uh, couples on, uh, you know, a lower budget, um, being able to really be inclusive and, and serve lots of different people. Um, they got into, uh, some of the intricacies of designing an event, um, that we haven't talked about yet. Cause Danielle and I are just, that's not really our realm. Uh, and he talks about like his thought process and designing an event, like ceiling height and linens and chairs and tables and all kinds of things that are just outside of our wheelhouse. Um, there's also a really good, uh, really good conversation about DIYing um, and and how that affects your peace of mind and your stress levels um, that are kind of like going on as you're leading up to the day. And he also gives like some really, really amazing advice on if you want to DIY, um, you know, some things to keep in mind. And, uh, and if you don't want to DIY, um, how to kind of make the most of your, your floral decorations and your event decorations. So it's a really amazing episode, some things we haven't touched on yet. Um, uh, I also want to remind you guys, uh, and, and be so thankful of everything that's going on over in Patreon, especially as I was away. Um, you know, the support that we are seeing over there and the conversations going on, um, are really just like, uh, make, giving us all the feels, giving Danielle and I all the feels, and we're just really loving the support and generosity and then all the goodness that we have. So if you guys want to get in on that, um, go to patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash P-A-R-O-I. Um, I'm really looking forward to this year and getting back and recording some new fresh episodes for you guys. Thanks so much for all the support and everything. Talk to you soon. Let's do it. Hey, Ringers, I'm Danielle. And I'm Dan. This is the Put a Ring on It podcast. We are two wedding pros sharing everything we can about planning a wedding. You ready? Let's do this. 
Hey everybody, Danielle here. I am so excited because we have another fabulous guest co-host on today with me. And we're talking about something that is something we haven't really done a full episode on yet because it's such a visual topic and neither Dan or I really have as much knowledge in this part of our world um, as our guest co-host has today because... It's just it's just one of those things. I really get into the logistics of things, but I'm so excited because, um, again, our guest co-host today, first of all, um, is Bron Hansborough. He is somebody who's so well-spoken and knowledgeable, and I'm so very excited to have him on the show. But Bron, you are better known as the flower guy, Bron. That's him. I actually sometimes even forget that my name is Braun Hansborough because I, I'm only referred to as the flower guy. It's even on my license plate. So, yes, the flower guy goes fine. I'm fine with that. That's so funny. I've always wanted a vanity license plate, but as I get older, I realize I am not the best driver. So I should not have that where people go, oh, there's DP Nack. So, well, you, you well it's, on, it's on my work vehicle. Let me clarify. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I try to be a good driver, but sometimes, you know, I just do things that I'm going, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah I, it get is, it. I get it. I get it. what it is. Um, all right, so Bron, give us a little bit of an introduction um, about who you are, about your company, and all that jazz. Yeah, so I'll give you a little bit of background. So before even becoming an event professional, I was an educator for several years working with students on the autism spectrum before burning totally out. And I decided that self-preservation and feeding my creative side was what was going to be the answer to a lot of my prayers. So I quit my job on a whim, literally with no budget and no plan. And here we are today and I am the Flower Guy Braun. So have not looked back with no regrets. And so I run the Flower Guy Braun, which is a bespoke floral and event design studio based in Richmond, Virginia. We do about 60 to 70 weddings a year, um, a lot of them in very high price points, but a lot of them not. And so we've actually developed two very separate brands, the Flower Guy Braun and then also Pastel Posies by the Flower Guy Braun, which is our subsidiary brand that allows us to capture all different types of price points and all different needs of clients. So very excited about the services that we offer. We are very inclusive in our services, both in price point and in the, the, the makeup of the clients that we serve. And that's what really gives us an edge and makes us special in our market. 100%. I wish more people um, honestly did it and approached it from that mindset for sure. Yeah. So because our listeners, um, our ringers as we call them, are mm -hmm. all at kind of different phases in um, yeah. in their planning process. Absolutely. Uh, is there a point in their engagement or their planning process where you recommend couples really start thinking about their florals? So, so before you even think about florals, I'm going to even encourage our listeners to dial back a little bit. The moment you decide and start planning your wedding and reception, I think the first thing to do is to identify what is most important to you. 
What are you excited about on your wedding day outside of marrying your spouse? Of course, we know that should be the most exciting thing, but that's actually pretty inexpensive. And when you start thinking about <laughs> budgeting and all of the things that go into making an outstanding event, what are you most excited about? And what I have learned is that a lot of couples are not so focused on decor, especially millennial couples. Millennial couples are interested in food, beverage, and entertainment. So if those are the things that are driving your your planning and what makes you the most excited and that gives you the goosebumps, those are the areas where you need to start planning to to siphon off most of your, your budget. But for those lucky clients that are so passionate about floral and decor, oh, I just love you all. <laughs> You need to start thinking about me sooner than later, because if flowers and decor are going to be high on your priority list, we need to start formulating your budget around those things. So I would say that most of our clients start engaging us anywhere between six to 12 months before their wedding, 12 months and more for the clients who have more exaggerated taste and larger budgets. Um, and then six months for clients who may just need a pastel posy collection that's already kind of cash and carry where they just kind of can buy it on the website. So it just kind of ranges depending on the needs. But anywhere between six to 12 months to me is a safe place to give you a chance to be able to budget well and to be able to make your payments and make sure that everything's covered well in advance before your event. Sure. And there's nothing wrong to if there is a florist that you have been stalking on Instagram or following on Pinterest or whatever it is, there's nothing wrong with reaching out to them and saying, hey, you know, this is our date. Are you available? Just kind of Absolutely. getting those little questions in. Right. Is there is there such a thing as being too early uh, to yeah, reach well, out to florist? I don't think there's a, a, a thing called too early to reach out. But what I would say is that flower prices do change. Um, we're in an ever-changing market. Weather impacts us. Um, also, now tariffs are impacting us. So costs that I might have had last year are much different than costs that I may have this year. So what I think the best thing to do is if you're antsy and you're anxious about reaching out to vendors and you're over a year out, I would say go ahead and make contact. There's there's nothing wrong with getting your name in the ears of the vendors, getting them excited about serving you. And maybe they can, and I know for, for me, if I have a customer that reaches out a year and a half in advance, they're so excited, I'll go ahead and, and just go ahead and have that conversation with them. And I'll make it clear, you know, we're going to definitely want to circle back around a little bit closer to your date. Even if they want to go ahead and, and enter into an agreement, that's fine. Hold your date. It's never too soon to hold your date. We all know that. But as far as style, those things are going to change over the course of time. And some of your quantities are going to change. There's so many variables in wedding planning. So again, go ahead, reach out, make contact, let the vendor know that they're that you're interested in their services and that you're, you've connected with their product, whether it's on social media or their website. Go ahead and start that frenzy. It's never too soon to be an excited bride or groom or couple. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But just keep in mind that some things will be subject to change as time goes on. 100%. And it's flattering mm. as a, as a totally. professional to get that email that says, I've been following your work and I would love yes. the opportunity to work with you. We That gives me all the like warm and fuzzies. It gives and fuzzies you all the warm and fuzzies. Yep. Um, for example, earlier this week, I had a wonderful consultation with a couple and after the consultation, she said, you know, I don't even want to want to wait any longer. I know I haven't even seen the proposal yet, but we know that we want to work with you. Is there a way to reserve our date? 
absolutely there is. So she held her date. We haven't even done the proposal yet, but it was so gratifying to me to know that I was a destination. And 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 that that to me is going to help me serve her even more because of her excitement to work with me. And that just spills over into me and my team and our excitement to serve them. 100%. And uh, so me as a wedding planner, there are certain questions because I work with my couples through the whole process and guide them and answer the questions that they're maybe not comfortable asking the person that they're want to work yeah. with or whatever it is. So what I hear often from my couples as we get to the stage where it's like, we need to start thinking about who's going to be your force for the day. Mm-hmm. One of the things they say is, well, we don't even know how many guests are coming yet? Like, how do we know how many tables and how do we, you know, what if we don't know exactly what we want yet? Is there, um, what do you recommend that couples bring to you at that point? Like, what do they need to know before they say, Hey, the flower guy, uh, here's, here's our wedding day. Here's our venue. Now what? That is an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked it because I have clients that come and sit. I know you're just fabulous. <laughs> I have clients that come and sit in, at my um, in my consultation space every day who have no clue what to expect. And that's fair. Um, you know, it's our job as the vendors to really set the expectations and navigate our clients through the creative process. So for me, I don't require you to come in with any prior knowledge. I can handle that for you. But I do think what's most important, if you don't know exactly what you want, know exactly what you don't want. And that is a good, good good advice. Yeah. So it it only makes sense. Like, okay, well, I don't know what style I like. I've seen a few things, but what do you hate? And those answers start coming so quickly. And so from there, then I can start with probing questions and I, and any good vendor is going to be able to pull out and glean information. And so for me, you know, you know, everyone kind of hears this luxury, luxury, luxury moniker throughout our industry. But to me, luxury is not a price point. Luxury is not a look. Luxury is a service. And and a service to our couples is a service that they can come and we can infer what they need and we can almost tell them what they need before they even know it. So I, again, I don't require anyone to come with any prior knowledge, but I will tell you, Pinterest is not a bad thing. Some planners, some event professionals are like, oh, I hate Pinterest because it sets a high expectation for clients as to, you know, what they might want versus what they can actually afford. But for me, it gives me a framework. If I if I have a client connect me with their Pinterest board, at the very least, even if they're the weddings that are featured on the Pinterest board are seven figure weddings, at least I understand the aesthetic and what they like. And you can start to connect the dots. Well, this picture has a lot of geometrics. This picture has a lot of this. This picture has a lot of that. You can find a common thread and build from there. So again, when you come to your florist, don't feel inclined to be the florist. That's not your job. Your job is to come to be lay people, to enjoy the process, and for us to help navigate you through this process. But it helps when you know exactly what you don't like. A hundred percent. I, um, I, I for sure have a love hate with Pinterest. I love using it as a resource to kind of gather things, but it can yes. sometimes be deceiving. And that's part of, you know, like you said, that's part of our job as, as our vendors and professionals to help educate you guys educate. to say, Absolutely. this is gorgeous, but you would 
pee your pants if you knew the price tag that was attached to this one yeah. piece alone. Yeah, right? that one ceremony arches your entire floral budget. Okay, right. and so, then some. So. Exactly, and that's okay. <laughs> that is totally okay. We're not here to judge or do any of that, but it helps to understand what's realistic, and so that that day when you show up to your wedding, you know, and you have a good understanding of what it's going to feel like and how it's going to look and how it's Absolutely. going to reflect in the overall guest experience because. Totally. You said earlier, our millennials um, are planning weddings that are focused on food, drink, and entertainment. And we talk mm -hmm. about this a lot. It comes down to the overall guest experience, right? Absolutely. And not to say flowers are the A number one most important thing to a guest experience, but it does contribute to it. It provides Absolutely. the environment and all of that stuff to what you're, to what you're providing for your guests. And yeah. you can do that on many different scales. Um, and that's where Pinterest comes into play with showing totally. you the many different scales of what can be done, right? Yeah, um, and there's one, one thing that I would want to tag on is, you know, it, as important as budget is, a lot of times for couples that are planning a wedding, especially couples planning a wedding for the first time in this day and age, have no concept, even, even when they don't, especially when they don't have a planner. If you don't have a planner that has a good understanding of, of, of investments and, and, and from images can kind of give them an idea of where they'll fall price point wise, you know, couples a lot of times will come with a budget and might not know exactly where that budget is going to take them. You know, they, they look at Pinterest, they, they have an idea and they're like, OK, well, you know, uh, whatever search engine says that for my market, twenty five hundred dollars or thirty five hundred dollars is the average floral budget. However, have no clue what that thirty five hundred dollars might get them. So, again, even when they come with a budget, it's my job to educate you all on to where your money Money is going to be invested in what that actually looks like. So sometimes even coming with that number doesn't help as much as you might think it does. Um, but, you know, so just just want to throw that out there. You know, budget is super important. If you're working on a really tight budget and you have to stick with it, be forthcoming with that up front so that my proposal doesn't spin out of control and you have, you know, a fairy tale wedding because my my brain instantly goes to the moon. You know, so it's, it's good to have that framework if you know that your budget is limited and it's not going to be able to grow. If you if you're in a situation where you might have some wiggle room, then my recommendation is for us to have a full conversation and get out everything that you want. Let me put it on paper tied to descriptions and images for inspiration. And then you see where that number is. And if that number works, then we'll move forward. If it doesn't, then we can start the revision process to get you to a price point that's more manageable for you. 100%. And that's where um, having that good trust relationship, that foundation with us as your professionals is so key because yes, we, can, it is. we can only guide you and give you the tools and resources to make decisions so much. But if we're, we need to both be honest with each other about totally. what's involved because otherwise we're doing you a disservice if a we service. don't have all the information and then we're just wasting your time, right? That's yes. nobody wants and, that. And you know, one thing is as you're picking your vendors, Friends, I want you to pick based on how you feel. How does this person make you feel? If at any point throughout before you have a contract signed that you feel like, I don't really trust this person, or maybe I feel like there's an ulterior motive, or maybe, maybe this doesn't work, trust your gut. Because once you have created this relationship with the vendor, once someone buys my relationship, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that 
I exceed even my expectations on their event. So being transparent with me about your budget doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to try to spend all of your money, but nine times out of 10, it's going to take all of your money to create your vision. So that's not me, you know, trying to pocket more of your money. It's what it takes to produce your event. So if you tell me you have it, be prepared to spend it all. <laughs> there you go. And honestly, that's that's across the board with everybody. And that's where if you have wiggle room, um, that's where it's best to communicate that and know that going in. And, and this is where starting at the top with um, when we talk about budget, it's, it's no joke, guys, when we say that that conversation needs to happen early on, because otherwise what ends up happening is you go into these conversations um, with Braun and you go, OK, well, we don't really know what we want. And then he does shoot for the moon. And then you're going, oh, gosh, how are we going to afford this? Right. Yeah, and, and, it shoot, and it shoots me in the foot instantly. I'm the bad guy. I've jeopardized the relationship. And and then we're on a rocky turf instantly. So the more I know in the beginning, the better I'm able to manage the relationship and your experience without you ever having that moment of feeling inadequate with your budget, without you ever having to feel like I'm a I'm a dog because I've drug you through the ringer with your money. So transparency is key. I'm going to tell you exactly what your money will get you up front and, and you're going to tell me exactly what you can afford and we'll eliminate a lot of those issues. Right. And while I guess we're on the subject of money, um, I want to talk about this a little bit more because there are some articles and knowledge that floats around the Internet that in time becomes a little bit outdated and no longer true. Um, And I know some of the florists, at least in my local area that we work with, um, will come back to me and say, like, Danielle, it's you know, when a couple comes to me and says, we just want to save money by having a lot of greenery or using seasonal flowers. Yes. It's not necessarily true. Yes, <laughs> um, not but at it, comes, all. it comes from a good place, right? Is there is are there things that you've been hearing, um, or just things that revolve around this? This totally, idea? totally. Um, I have in my market, and you know, every market um, is different and has a different aesthetic. And you know, even though for my market, I may be a little bit avant garde overwhelmingly the couples are looking for a variation of the same thing and that's probably consistent everywhere so what i would say is i have couples all the time that come in that want you know well i love greenery and at one point that used to be a red flag for me and i would flag it and say okay well that means that they're definitely on a budget but not necessarily always the case. So I explain to my couples that send me inspiration pictures that have the beautiful garlands trailing down the table. Those garlands do not make themselves. And those garlands are, there's a difference between greenery being placed on the table and a garland being made. And I actually take these 10 fingers of mine and hand make all lengths of garland. So, um, well, not, let me be clear, not all lengths, but in most cases I do make custom make all of my garland. So with that, there is labor involved and time involved. And that does have to reflect in the price because it is a custom mixed garland. So greenery is not always cheaper. However, if you're looking for installations, um, you know, greenery is a way to kind of thin out some of the installations, but overwhelmingly greenery is not necessarily cheaper. Um, I think that 
instead of us, you know, leading, it's my leading with the whole greenery talk in the beginning. When I hear that, instantly I say, all right, so I've heard you mention greenery a few times, or maybe you've mentioned, um, you know, um, your price point and your budget and wanting to be meaningful. How about we start the conversation off? So do you have an investment that you want me to be mindful of? I can give you some tips that we can use to save on your investment or make sure that we sink your investment in the most meaningful places. So couples, as you're listening, be mindful. Again, greenery is not always cheaper, but lead with, you know, you have some concerns about budget and what can your florist or your vendor do to help you achieve a look at a, at a more reasonable price. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and it's, again, it's totally okay to share this information. If you are talking with anybody who, when you share this information, you feel like you're maybe being uh, unfairly judged for it or shamed for it. First of all, make sure that they're not just trying to educate you because that's really important. But if if they're going into it from that, maybe that's just not a good fit. And there are plenty of other people out there that are going to help guide you through the process a little bit more. So, totally. All right. Totally. So I want to talk about something that is 100% absolutely not my strength whatsoever because I okay. am a logistics and timeline junkie. Um, and we need people like you that are logistical and timeline focused because that's know. not me. So the crazy we're the, in the perfect world. yin and yang. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. It, but it's true, right? There, we, we all have our different strengths that we bring to it. So we don't talk a lot about the overall design. We've talked about trends a little bit, but um, I want to talk design with you because this is an area where I think your brain is probably just like gushing with information. But one of the things I want to talk about is kind of maintaining that consistent design oh, yes. throughout your wedding, right? Because Absolutely. it's important, but I think it's tough for couples to really say, well, this is what it is, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it's not our couple's job to do that. It is our job as vendors to do that. And the way we do that is for me to be included in just about every conversation that takes place outside of entertainment, food and beverage. So when you're thinking about your venue, I always want our couples, and this is something that really might help our listeners today, is I want you to think of your, your venue. Is your venue a outdoors venue? Are you tenting? Are you in a ballroom? Or are you in a more industrial space? This is the foundation of our design and the elements that we cannot control. So we have to take these elements, these factors that are, are stationary and that are not going to change and then build from them. I tend to specialize more in ballroom style settings. So for me, I look at the first thing I'm saying, well, how, what are the dimensions of the room? What are the ceiling heights? Because that is going to help me interpret scale. And, you know, you have people that come all the time that might say, oh, I love candles and, you know, I want to go minimal and everything low to the table. I don't want my guests to have to fight to communicate across the table. And I say, but you have a 40 foot soaring, intricate ceiling. So what we need to do, folks, and I understand that you don't want to go tall all the time and it's not always appropriate to go tall. But in some instances, you have to consider all of the different variables in the room and then include your vendors, especially your planning, your florists or any other decor people in the conversation to make sure that everyone is on the same page. I hate, for example, to show up with a $500,000 centerpiece in some cases and even more on white polyester linen. 
it doesn't play well together, folks. So if you're going to make the investment in, you know, expensive florals, then you want to make sure that everything complements. For example, you know, some of our more statement pieces can cost upwards of $2,000 for one table. We want to make sure that we don't necessarily have the venue's chairs unless the venue has unusually spectacular chairs. Most venues are going to have a standard banquet meeting chair that does not go well with the custom linen and vice versa. And it definitely doesn't do anything to help your florals. So one of the things that I have actually done, and I'm, I know my floral friends probably hate me for this for even saying it, but I think it will benefit our listeners today, is if you start off, for example, with a, an excessive budget for your floral and decor and the venue has just totally but ugly chairs, I recommend dialing back on your floral proposal and investing in the appropriate chairs to have a consistent look. You do not want your guests to walk into beautiful linens, beautiful place settings, beautiful floral, beautiful lighting, beautiful drapery and wonderful entertainment. And they have the drab navy or black or burgundy metal rimmed banquet chair. It does not work. So take that into consideration. Make sure that you're running all of your design conversations through either a central person or through all of the people who are going to be involved in your design. It might not even hurt if your florist offers design services to run that through the florist. Like, for example, our service we do offer design. So a client could come to us, not only do their florals, but do their lighting, their drapery, their chair rentals, and their place settings all in-house. That even takes some work off of your planner. And most planners in most situations are like, fewer logistics for me to run. I have one vendor that I can go to and get all of this information from, whoopee. So try to streamline all of your design through a central person or persons and make sure that every decision piggybacks on the previous decision. And that even starts with your stationery. So when you send out your stationery, your first communication to your guests, save the date. Your save the date needs to be complemented by your invitation. And then all of the guest experience needs to then complement. I've actually decided if I'm going to attend a wedding based on the invitation. Oh, snap. Hey. There you go. <laughs> We went to, um, uh, we, and our friend group, we went to a friend's wedding this past July and, yeah. um, they did a lot of the stuff themselves. They were really involved with it and they had a great time. It was a beautiful wedding. Um, and on the wedding day, we realized there were these little peacock feathers just kind of randomly throughout. And the reason being is the venue that they were getting married at had peacocks there. Um, and it was just this, and it wasn't over the top. It wasn't tacky. It was absolutely beautiful and perfect and they loved it. And I went back after we came home home from the event I went back and we had their save the date and their invite up on my fridge because that's that's where my fridge that's what my totally. fridge does um, and I realized on the very first save the date they had this little peacock feather in yes. part of the design and I was just like it didn't catch me initially but afterwards I just thought that was such a sweet little nod to you know this is kind of where we're going it didn't say we're having a peacock wedding it just had right. this little touch to it with the colors I just I love that so much I um, love it too hundred percent. I want to go back to what you said. First of all, I want to clarify because what you had said initially confused my brain. And then I realized what you said. You had said a $500,000 centerpiece. He did not say, guys, $500,000 centerpiece. A, that's not yes. realistic. Probably probably not in our wheelhouse. But <clears throat> just want to clarify, $500,000 to $1,000 centerpiece. 
There you go. Thank you for Because um, at first I was like, he really does luxury weddings, man. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that, that's beyond luxury. That actually goes into the super luxury price point, which I honestly don't have any desire to exist in. I'll leave that to Karen Trans and to the to the to the all the people who do who does that well, who do that yeah. well. It's not me. For the Kardashians <laughs> in the world. Mind. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I wanna I, I really wanna talk a little bit more because when you're talking about, well, you know, to put a centerpiece on this drab linen and then have a very boring banquet chair there, it is really true, guys. If you're investing in um, whatever you're investing in your centerpiece, it needs to be proportionate to then what you're also investing in the rest of the space. We're not saying that you have to upgrade to the top notch of every linen chair, table, centerpiece, candle, vote of everything, but it needs to all be proportionate and make sense because what happens is if you invest it all into beautiful flowers, uh, let's, let's switch that up even. If you invest it all into this beautiful, premium, beautiful linen, and then you put a teeny tiny little centerpiece that isn't proportionate to the space or the room or the, to the style of the event, then it, it deducts everything that you've spent mm -hmm. on investing in a slightly more upgraded linen. It, it, it takes it all away. And Absolutely. then that's a bummer, right? Because you invested all this, you wanted this lovely experience. So that's what we're saying when we, when we talk about all this stuff. So yeah. I'm glad you said it. Um, and I just wanted to also say it. Uh, ditto. Yeah, that's and, what know, I wanted and, to say. And, and it's important to remember that the professionals that we're hiring for our events attend events on the professional back end of it every single day of their life. So there's no better reference point. There's no better person to, to take a recommendation from. And I think that, you know, as we get closer to the dates and things start to, you know, we have a several loose ends and money starts to get tight. And, you know, you start to get the frustration and the anxiety of the day approaching. And it's like, OK, I have no more money. I don't want to spend it like and it almost might even seem like, you know, we're trying to like upsell you at the last minute. Keep in mind, every decision that we're trying to convince you or show you the value to make is for the the wholeness of your event and your satisfaction. Your guests will notice you will notice. And of course, we'll notice, but we want to prevent that. We want you to be happy and we want you to be able to be the most gracious event host possible. And a lot of times those that extra bit of whatever we're, we're, we're recommending is what it will take. For example, it could be even something as simple as a sprig of greenery on the place setting. That little detail will change the entire presentation of your table. And it might cost you $150 to do 150 to 200 take 200 place settings. But what it will do for your guest experience, you cannot put a price tag on it. So work with us. Don't think that we're trying to like squeeze every bit of juice out of the berry, even though that might be what's happening. Um, but it's for your good and for the for the wholeness and the, you know, just the overall um, picture of your event. Right. Exactly. And while we're talking about um being happy, right? I one of the topics that I am personally pretty hardcore about, and I do talk about it on this podcast quite a bit, is not DIYing their flowers because I think it often makes for a very stressed out experience for anybody involved in it. What are your thoughts? Well, on let this me say this. 
I, again, in being as inclusive as I possibly can, I had to recognize early on that not every person either can afford floral design services or sees the value in it. And there are some really creative people out there who want to make their own mark on their event. And I had to develop a, 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 a total respect for that particular client or that person. What I will say to that person is, if you're going to DIY, the DIY has to stop several days before your event. And that, and with that, you cannot design fresh flowers several days before your event. So if you're going to delve into silk arrangements, have at it. However, you need to be done with it several days. And I say it again, several days before your event so that you can focus on being a bride, a groom, a cat, a dog, or whatever you're going to be on that day, okay? You cannot be the day before your wedding or the day of your wedding doing anything other than focusing on marrying your spouse. That means if you're planning on doing fresh flowers, you should not DIY them because you have to do them the day or two before. You will not have adequate storage. You will not be able to transport them easily. And you cannot, as the client, be putting out centerpieces and trying to put out fires that a vendor can put out for you. Exactly. There we, yeah, we are there, guys. Um, we, we get this question often. And it is not coming from a place when we say we don't recommend this. We don't. It's not that we think you're not capable of it. You are mm-hmm. probably more than capable to put together a beautiful centerpiece that you will be very proud about. Totally. But we as professionals have seen many a couple during the last, especially during the last week of their wedding. And we've seen the um, emotional stress that comes from yes. just having family in town and your mom is asking you a million questions and you need to get your nails done and you need to pick up your attire and you need to do this thing. And there's some things that are just going to happen the week of your wedding that when you add the major, major task of trying to Mm -hmm. DIY real flowers, Mm -hmm. it's usually a thing, a task that you want to go, screw this. We're not doing any flowers on the table. I am done. And then you're in a really terrible negative headspace that we want you to avoid and that's where we as professionals want to come to you and say we are not saying you're not capable we're saying this is probably a stress you do not want to add to your plate and we're Mm -hmm. saying it from a place of seeing other couples in the same position trying to do that and it's yeah you know it's 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 such a tricky thing um i am is there is there a price that you can put on peace of mind and i don't think that that there is yeah and even um you know just the same as money is a little limited resource so is our time and so is our energy right so we have to be mindful and look ahead to our future selves and say okay what's the best use of our future time and energy during that during that time frame and i'm willing to bet for many 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 of you ringers that it's going to be spending time with those people that are there to celebrate you and your partner on this insanely huge weekend um, or weekday, whenever it might be. But Mm -hmm. that's such an important thing. I am a huge advocate anytime any of my couples say, well, you know what, just some of our friends that day, they're going to come and set stuff up. And I always go, nope, you're you're giving it to me. We're going to set everything up for you. And Mm -hmm. I have certain rules that kind of revolve around that so that I can make sure that we're following through on everything we need to do. We don't assemble Mm -hmm. anything like centerpiece wise day of, but I will happily put stuff out. Um, That's just me. All planners work differently, guys. These are conversations you want to have. But it is, 
I am so, so adamant that you as my couple, you are not going to be worrying about this stuff on your wedding day. You are doing your hair and makeup. You are getting ready with your friends. You are taking photos. You are doing a million things. I This should not be on your plate also. Or mom's plate or your friend's plate or anything. Mm-mm. I just want to add one thing to yes. the ringer. So have you ever been in a situation where you've had a to-do list and at the end when it came time for game time and you had to... To, to take a deep breath and a sigh and say, I just couldn't get it all done. Your wedding day is not the day to not be able to get it all done and to have everything that you have dreamed about. And the only way to guarantee that is to hire a professional to take it off of your hands. So there you go. All right. So, Bron, is there any um, trends that you're seeing for this upcoming year of 2020 and even 2021 and beyond? Are there any things that you're seeing uh, on the docket that you can share with us as, you know, maybe some things to keep on our radar? Yeah, absolutely. So 2020 is going to be an interesting year. And so I typically base my my trend predictions on what couples are asking for and then also what things I'm seeing in fashion, what things I'm seeing in architecture um, and art. So one of the things that we'll continue to see for sure is the, is a lot of movement in our centerpieces. So I've noticed um, for bouquets, for example, um, I have done historically a lot of elongated style bouquets more horizontally designed. And what I'm seeing now is a ton of requests for more of um, the return of the cascade. Um, I'm having a ton of clients ask me, it's not at all my favorite thing to do. And I've had to come, come up with some more contemporary takes on it. But I definitely think that clients are seeing a lot of shift towards movement in their bouquets. I think greenery is definitely still going to be very, very popular. Um, and how we use that um, to access hours and then also how we're using it as a front runner of design. Um, and, and even me being more of a ballroom style florist, I've had to learn how to adopt greenery and use it as a front runner in place of flowers even. I think that we're st- still gonna continue to see installation go- installations galore. A lot of couples are doing um, installations over their ceremonies um, at their altar, and then that's gonna double as either over their sweetheart table or over their dance floor. I'm seeing a lot of usage of dance floor art. I'm seeing people that are doing really creative dance floor clings. I think that that's going to continue to shine. And I'm also seeing a lot of custom chairs options. I think that people are no longer really using the standard ballroom chair or even the shibari chair, which is like our foundation chair. I'm seeing a ton of bentwood chairs. Crossbacks aren't new, but I'm seeing a lot of vintage style chairs, upholstered chairs, and things that are really taking that guest experience to the next level. Also, entertainment, entertainment, entertainment. One of the things that I've, I've had a couple of couples that are doing that I think is going to grow is um, fusion bands. Um, so I'm not even just talking about flowers, but even in guest entertainment. So they're doing a combination of DJ with a band live at the same time. So things are changing, but as far as florals look, for greenery to continue one more thing florals color there's a lot of color being introduced in 2020 um, whereas historically i've been the king of blush and ivory and pale tones which i I will probably still continue to wear that badge proudly because i'm a classic man however i am seeing a lot of bright colors fuchsias and oranges and people are really making statements and bringing out their personality through flowers so 
I'll continue to keep my eyes on it. But those are the things that I'm predicting and, and looking forward to seeing more of in 2020. That's awesome. Is there anything? Well, I'll preface this. We live in Pennsylvania where it, yeah. the barn venue is a popular choice. Absolutely. Which tends to mean that guests opt for a little bit more rustic designs. And for yeah. a while there, we were seeing a lot of mason jars and a lot of burlap. Yeah. And yeah. we are no longer seeing that as much, which I'm very yeah. particularly happy about for a number of reasons. But are there any things? Are there any things that you're seeing or are you things that you're okay if you don't see again for some time? Yeah, well, for me, I, I can almost, as a designer, I can probably pull in some of the worst things and make something pretty fabulous out of it. For me, one of the things that I have grown tired of are the gold sequin linens. Um, like the really, really bright ones. Now, I'm okay with the matte color ones. I've seen some some matte um, blush, and I've seen I'm okay with the white. I'm even okay with the black. But I'm really not that big of a fan of the of the three seasons ago um, sequin. I think that there are so many different options through La Tavola, Nuage, and a lot of the higher end rental companies that you can get if you like the sparkle, if you like the sequin and the embellishment, there's some way more um, on-trend ways of having linens of that style. So that's something I, I, I kind of want to see go bye-bye. And I'm also okay with people not doing sit-down dinners anymore. I'm a big fan of the cocktail style reception, especially for our millennials. Um, they're not necessarily compromising on decor per se, even though we're not, we're not having as many tables to dress, but the experience of a cocktail style, fun party style reception to me is just so, so fun and vibrant. And I think I'm seeing a ton of couples move in that direction. So I would be okay if, if everything were action stations. Now, and when I say I'm, I'm, I want the sit down dinner to go away, I am not saying that I don't like formal, formal experiences. You can, I mean, through your linen and all of the decor and the type of food that you're serving and the presentation can take it right on back up to a super formal event. But I think people are getting tired of sitting down at a table with people they don't know and just kind of fighting, you know, fighting to make conversation. So I think I could stand to see sit down dinners kind of not go away, but mm -hmm. maybe fade a little. Um, I think off the top of my head, I think those are probably two of the things that that I, I could stand to see go bye bye. There you go, guys. You heard it here first, so that's awesome. And as always, ringers, as we say, if if you've always dreamed of mason jars and gold sequin linens for your wedding, and that is what fills your tank up, you go for it. We're just here to say that it's maybe been done a lot, and we challenge you to find a way to do it in a more modern way that still suits you. Um, but again, don't let us don't let us ever rain on your parade, guys. Never. So. All right, ringers. Um, Bron, how are some ways that they can get in touch with you, uh, maybe follow you a little bit more? I think it's pretty easy to find you, but share with us yeah. anyway. Yeah, I'm almost everywhere. So if you if you're an Instagrammer, which most of us are, please follow us at the Flower Guy Braun. We have a wonderful feed that's very authentic and organic. I don't have tens of thousands of followers, but every follower is a real person that loves our business and and is inspired by our imagery. And then also on Facebook, we have. Um, 
our regular Facebook page, business page, which is The Flower Got Brawn. Again, we go live from our events. You're able to get some inspiration and see what people who are using our services are choosing to do, which is really, really fun. And then you also get an insider's peek into my team and the behind the scenes. And I didn't say we also have on Instagram our team Facebook page, which is Team TFGB, Team The Flower Guy Braun. And we have a team member that does a lot of behind the scenes footage. So if you're ever wondering, how do they do that? Or where did that come about? Or if you even want to see a little bit more of our personality and the shenanigans that happen in the studio and on and on event days. So Facebook, Instagram, all on The Flower Guy Braun, also Pinterest and, and email. So if you want to send us something and want to know more information about our services, please email us at info at theflowerguybraun.com. Awesome. I love that. I love the behind the scenes stuff. Every wedding I do in the morning, I go, I am going to take some behind the scenes stuff today. And sometimes I do. And sometimes the day is just far too crazy for me to even think about it. But I love watching it with all my fellow fellow vendors and stuff in the area and even not in the area. Um, I, I enjoy that stuff so much. So awesome. Thank you, Braun. All right, Ringers, thank you for listening to another episode of the Put a Ring on It podcast. Before we wrap up this episode, I do want to take a minute to give a massive, massive shout out and virtual high five to our Patreon supporters. Guys, your encouragement means the world to us. And Dan and I are constantly blown away by your generosity. If you want to join this fantastic community of Ringers, help us reach our goals for the show, please check out patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I, like put a ring on it. There's different options starting at just two bucks a month and some really fun things waiting for you, like video recordings, hangouts with Dan and I, place to have your wedding questions answered. And trust me when I say, guys, if you think $2 a month doesn't mean squat, it means the absolute world to us. Another way you guys can support the show is to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast in iTunes or wherever you enjoy podcasts. Can't tell you how much this helps us. Finally, if you want more details on anything that we talked about in today's episode, you can find the show notes at putaringonitpodcast.com. And of course, don't forget to follow us on all the socials. I'm at DPNAC, D-P-N-A-K on the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook, and the Pinterest. And guys, don't forget about Dan at Daniel Moyer Photo on Instagram, Daniel Moyer Photography on Facebook and Pinterest. Definitely make sure you give him some love while he is away on paternity leave. But remember, he's coming back soon. All right, guys, we are here to help you as always. But no matter whose advice you follow or what decisions you make, know that your wedding is going to be amazing because you rock. Until next time, ringers. Ringers.